AD that the Cold does have, and they're actually looking to set up a dive here. TP coming in. Jazuke's got a flash. He does flash, but Niski has to get out of the way from under the tower. Over Blabber goes, and once again, it's first blood for the Cloud9 jungler. Okay, so this is DOQ episode two. I'm mean, sorry, three. I am Val, and this is my friend Chris. And today we're going to be talking about uh, just like the last couple of weeks of LCS and some other broad subjects, but mostly the LCS and kind of what he and I, what he and I think about the broadcasting and the quality and just the matches overall. And uh, you know, we'll we'll touch on a few things that we think are pretty important to talk about. So first on the docket, I would imagine uh, Chris wants to talk about Cloud Nine and their amazing streak right now in the LCS. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we can talk about Cloud9. So we're two weeks into the summer split. And um, like we mentioned before, it's it's all online, like most regions are pretty much doing all online. Um, the first two weeks has been pretty interesting. So just taking a look at the um, LCS standings, obviously it's Cloud9 at the top. We have uh, FlyQuest, like this huge tie. Like FlyQuest, Evil Geniuses, COG, and Team Liquid all at 3-1, which is pretty cool and then the bottom half of the of the chart it's pretty much like two and one teams with immortals and dignitas yet to pick up a win the immortals one is um frustrating because of the fact that x is not on the main roster so i think right off the bat that is a huge like it's only four games in it's not a huge sample size but Man, like four games in, and you know you have like a champion on your roster who could be playing on the main squad, and isn't is kind of a bummer, really. Um, so, with that, obviously we have Cloud Nine at the top, and <clears throat> they're basically still crushing it. They have done really well. So, they're it's really different from Spring Split. So Spring Split, really, I think they overall like would they basically speed run matches in the Spring Split. You know, huge gold leads very early on and just snowball that into like a 25 minute win. Um, this split, you know, we're four games in. It's not not too many games, but um, there have been a couple games where uh, the other team have actually gotten leads, you know, on them in the first like 10 or so minutes of the game. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last game they played, which was uh, versus Golden Guardians, I want to say. Um, pretty sure it was Golden Guardians. That they, um, yeah, with with Demonte on the starting roster, they actually had a a lead about 12 minutes into the game. It wasn't a huge lead, you know, like it's like 1,200 gold, something like that, which is not big. And it really came from a couple of blunders from Cloud9 and some plays they they tried to make. Um, and in some of these games, uh, Licorice has been like solo killed in the top lane, right? So early game hasn't gone as great, like it looks like. But the big thing with Cloud9 is still that Blabber is basically the king of the jungle. So his clear speeds are insane. He currently holds the fastest Olaf uh, clear speed for this split. And other players who have played Olaf are still behind him by like 45 to 50 seconds to get to level 6. Um, so he's like really efficient at what he does. And even though they have had games where they haven't had a huge lead early on, they pretty much just turn it on in that mid game, right? So for example, the Golden Guardians game, you know, 12, 13 minutes in, GG is up, you know, like a thousand gold. Boom, a couple of team fights happen where Cloud9 realizes their power spikes, 
the gold's even, and then they just start sweeping all the objectives off the map and win the game in like 25 minutes. It was just pretty much been their their pattern um, for this split. So it's going pretty great uh, for them. They've had much more deaths overall. Like, you know, Sven doesn't have some kind of crazy KDA going in. I think Vulcan actually has the best KDA on the team, um, which as a support is maybe not as important <laughs> to have a good KDA, but um, definitely more deaths, but better understanding still um, of their power spikes than other, any other teams that seem to be playing against them. So hopefully there'll be you know much more of that. The Hive match this weekend is going to be Cloud9 versus Team Liquid. So it'll be Niski versus Jensen, which is going to be great because Spring Split, um, you know, Cloud9 knocked Team Liquid out of the playoffs. So this will be their first like rematch since the Spring Split, which is going to be pretty exciting. Okay, so we did cover quite a bit there. Let me go ahead and break this down. Uh, we'll start off with the Immortals, right? Yeah. Where, again, it was the 0-4. Smithy is still in the academy, and we we touched right. it. We touched on, or I touched on it like two weeks ago when I said like this is this is Smithy's swan song. He's basically just kind of just kind of there, maybe teaching a young jungler how to do this thing, and then kind of leave at the end of this contract, right? And now I still stand by it. But here's the thing, uh, I didn't know this, but I actually stumbled upon this uh, from reading a couple of uh, little tweets here and there. But Potluck, the current jungler for Immortals was a coach before this he wasn't even playing he was i mean he might have been playing in like somewhere else but he was technically a coach so they just what like just put a coach in out of nowhere like he wasn't even on the academy roster he was literally just coaching something now hmm. the reason why i bring that up is because like it's just it's just weird right where, where did this guy come from i mean i've never heard of potluck before this and it just makes sense that um he would come in out of, I thought he was just a random rookie. They picked up out of solo queue, had some raw talent that you can see. But if you watch the games, right, Potluck is just doing just normal jungler things. Now, to be fair, and I'm not, this is not a jab at Xmithy's career or anything like that. But it's not like Xmithy was like a great freaking jungler. Like he had arguably during his time in the sunlight when he was racking up championships and stuff like that, he had great lanes to work from like the 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 era of which x smithy was part of team liquid and he was just straight up crushing it right with all of team liquid and whatnot he had the right. best laners in almost every single role save for mid but you had like pole belter and pole belter was like he's not a slouch in lane pole belter can hold his own against most na talent most if not all na talent you know pole belter's biggest hype of his career was when he first came in he was supposed to be able to match bjergsen and to be fair, he doesn't match Bjergsen, but he's able to at least like nullify a lead that Bjergsen can get. And if that's all Pobelter has to do, then Xmithy's job is super easy. He just ganks top or bot, or mostly bot because it's double lift. And you know Impact, he's a solid rock kind of a dude. He's not going to fall back like 30 CS and not be able to do anything in the team fight, right? So arguably what you could say right. is Xmithy's job as a jungler for the past two and a half, maybe even three years was extremely easy. Like, you could have put, like, again, this is not a job at Smithy. I'm just saying, if you put any jungler with some sort of minute talent and pathing ability on Team Liquid during that time frame, the Team Liquid was just crushing it all, I think you still get championships, honestly. Just put, just from how good the players were at the time against the competition they were facing at the time. Okay? Now, right. that's just what I think. Now, I, I don't know how others, others look at it, but I don't think 
moving Nick Smithy up to the main roster is just going to magically change everything. Nick Smithy still needs strong laners, and unfortunately, like if you look at <laughs> if you look at the Immortals roster, I'm looking at Ika in the mid lane, Altec at the bot lane, and freaking Gate as the support, and our top laner is Soaz. Like. So as sure, back in the day, probably the longest longevity in terms of a pro career, like the longest standing pro, pro player probably, right? And still playing at a pretty consistently high level, does his job very well, right? But I don't think Soaz has has it in the tank anymore. Like, yeah, sure, two, three years ago when they remade Gangplank, Soaz was a god on the Gangplank, right? But that was two, three years ago. I haven't seen Soaz pull off a carry performance since then. And then, and then we've got... Aika, I'm not even gonna talk about Aika, okay? Like, it, like, no, like, he, he's, that, that job in the mid lane can go to someone else who actually probably, like, put golden glue there, you get the same result, 100%. And then you got Altec and Gate in the bot lane, like, you've got maybe a semi-solid stone foundation in the top lane, because Soaz is just a solid dude. You got Aika, who's probably arguably the worst mid laner currently right now in the league, you know? Then you've got Altec and Gate. And we, we we know these two. They've been here forever. They don't do anything. <laughs> so when you look at that roster, and I'm like, it's not Potluck's fault. That roster in general is missing heat. It's missing fire. It's missing some ammunition. Like Altec is not a playmaking AD carry. He's gonna he's not gonna like get it like get up in someone's face and kind of force mistakes and fights and stuff like that. Like he's not double lift, he's not Uzi, right? Altec has been your standard janitor ad carry where he basically farms up gets a certain item threshold and if he gets there and you you stand in front of him and keep him alive he'll do the damage you know he does his job right he's a, he's a good role player okay the problem with yeah. immortals is every single person on that team is a role player and we're just gonna scoop past that we got demonte playing for golden guardians right um and this we went we only yeah. this a little bit and i'm a big fan of demonte you know being being in a team where he kind of gets a little bit more a little, little, little play time and you talked about a little bit where like cloud nine was faltering a little bit at the early game i don't think cloud nine was faltering at the early game i i would argue and say cloud nine just didn't expect the team to actually fight them early if you look <laughs> at like cloud nine's victories and all the spring and even the ones right now in summer teams basically do this weird thing like i, I talked about it before where it was the handshake theory back in korea right where like you get this 80 carry i get this 80 carry we handshake we we farm for like 20 minutes we'll meet you at, we'll meet you at the dragon pin we'll see what's up right that's what the handshake theory yeah. is it's kind of the same thing now people are just like cloud nine is the best early game team screw it guys we can just throw away all the early games we'll just fight them at the we'll just scale into mid or late game we'll just crush them at that point right that's what teams are usually going for the problem with that is cloud nine is playing and this is a lot to do with Blabber, but it, they're playing like a Chinese team in North America. The last time we saw this was LMQ four or five years ago, and LMQ was fighting all the time, right? Cloud9 is doing that now, but it's just better because the communication is cohesive. We've got arguably some of the best players in their roles right now in Cloud9, arguably, right? But that's just it. Like you got a Chinese aggression based team who is constantly <laughs> like their their whole theory is this. We'll skirmish, right? We lost this skirmish. That sucks. Yeah. Like back in the day you lost the skirmish or you lost the team fight. Let's reset. Oh, everybody back up. You know, we cooldowns around two, three minutes. We'll see you guys in two, three minutes. We'll do it again, see who comes out on top, right? We corn flip it. Cloud Nine's like, we lost that fight? Fuck it. We'll go over here. We're just like 
we'll fight again. <laughs> Maybe we'll come out on this one. Like they're they're legitimately. That's pretty much what their their game, their last couple games like that. Yeah, definitely. Like, and they lose an early fight or a gank even where Licorice will, you know, get ganked pretty early. He'll die super early, and then like two minutes later, the you know they'll just ace the enemy team or they'll just wipe them out at a. At a, a fight in like the same area, you know, they just didn't go the way of the enemy team that time. Almost like the weird, it's like a what is it? Uh, like an IG mentality, you know? Because I remember watching like Invictus Gaming, you know, Chinese team, like a couple, like when they won the world championship, and all their fights were always like if one of their guys died, you know that their entire team was then gonna run at you and be like, how how dare you touch one of our members? You know, and that's what it looks like with Cloud9, where it's like, if you're fighting a Cloud9 member, you should know that in about five seconds, the whole team is going to be up there, because they're already rotating. Because there's no reason, that, that there's no way Cloud9 is going to fight you without another two, one or two members, like, already on the way to, you know, put the numbers in their favor. Exactly. They're like, they're not coin flipping, I hate that term, in this sense, where they're like, oh, they're just taking coin flip chances and going with it. No, no, no. They, they are on the fly thinking rapidly like they're like like imagine a shotgun going off right shotguns a pellet blast it's, it's grouping it's large area convergence depending on the distance that it goes over right it's not concentrated like a sniper rifle or a pistol maybe now the reason why i say it like that is because like look cloud nine like league of legends has always been you fight you reset you figure out what the heck happened wrong you you counteract the move next time see what happens right the chinese league of legends style is now changed to fight react instantly in the same time like on the fly thinking what are we doing next what are we doing now what are we doing now like they are thinking on the fly so fast g2 is doing it right now con consistently through in europe and they are crushing it they are just 100 percent crushing it right and it's the same sh it's the same shit between the two teams because they are trying their best in a way and this is re the really cool thing is that they are basically revolutionizing the way the game should be played and it should be this way because back in the day sure checkmating thinking three, four, five moves ahead and, and, you know, relying on more brain power than it is reflexes and stuff like that. But ultimately, this is a video game. This is a sport, you know? You're sure, brain power is great and having some sort of outline of a plan is awesome. But honestly, we're human beings and putting us in the pilot seat and watching the people, the players on certain champions do what they do, that's what makes the game exciting. And that's what makes these games so worth watching. Okay? I don't want to sit there and watch a stale, you know, handshaky game for 50 minutes until someone just finally makes yeah. a mistake, you know? Like, <laughs> no one wants to see that, and I get, and, and I, get, I think in a way that's what Riot is pushing the game towards, and I get where they're going with that, and it's great. The problem is, I don't think the players are moving in that direction, because they've, they've you gotta remember, we got, like, the old guard players, like, Bjergsen's considered old guard now, right? They've been playing in the time frame yeah. where SKT basically dominated everything by just knowing what was going to happen. In the next two to three minutes that's not the way to play the game mm -hmm. anymore it's changed and i think honestly the more teams that are more willing to challenge cloud nine fight them at the beginning skirmish with them get down and dirty with it you know because the only way to get better at skirmishing and on the fly thinking is to do skirmishes and do on the fly thinking like you can't just just sit anyone can sit back watch a replay and like oh i should have done this oh i should have done that anyone can do that but doing it in the yeah. moment, in the second that it's happening, or the millisecond that it's about to happen, that's what makes the difference between, in my opinion, champions and just regular players. And that's what we're... That's also, I think... No, go ahead. Go, oh, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, 
on on that point, that's why I really like when teams release footage of their their team comps when they're speaking. Yeah. Um, usually it's for a couple of purposes, right? Usually it's for like a highlights video, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes in the highlights video, that kind of thing, where you get to listen to their comms, it's it's really telling. And it's kind of weird from a, from a, a spectator because if I was like a coach or something, I feel like I would like use the information against them. But I remember one of the games from the spring split where Cloud9, you know, they, they have a big team fight, they ace the team, and you get to listen to the comms, and immediately, like, immediately when the ace comes through, the whole team is like, okay, what do we do? Let's go to Dragon, and then I think it's, I forgot who it is, but one of the team members is like, okay, you two go to Dragon, us three are going to Baron, and you can actually see it in their characters, whereas... They made a decision first, and they changed that decision like immediately. And immediately, you see the two characters like move down and go to their assigned spots. Um, and I, I never saw that with like other team comms, where it just like it just sounds so chaotic, dude. It just sounds so crazy. Like there's so much going on, but on the Cloud Nine comms, like when they make a decision on something, like it is the definitive move, and whether or not it's gonna work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because at least they like they made the play together. And they make that decision together, and that's how it's gonna go. And luckily for them, like it usually ends up pretty good. Sometimes it ends up horrible when they like botch a dive or whatever, and it just looks terrible. But at the end of the day, you can at least say, ah, well, you know, we all made the decision, so you know, we live with it. And honestly, the reason why that's possible is G2 has been credited by finding the perfect storm of a super team where they got all five players who are just really good friends with each other willing to communicate and then like when they say something they all go in on it they know exactly how each other are gonna react sometimes they don't even talk they just do right i think in a way right. cloud nine has created that same perfect storm here in na like they got a five players like, they already had licorice they already had blabber right uh and all and misty's been around for a bit now they've been able to mold these players to be i, I would imagine they're very good friends i've seen some of the, the the videos that cloud nine puts out like the brain checks and stuff like that they they are legitimately five yeah. guys who get along with each other now you know people will argue and say like oh the original cloud nine squad high and all them were best friends like no they weren't it was medial, sneaky, maybe even balls, and then the only other, and then that was one group, and the other group was lemonation and high. There was even a rift in between the two play, like the, the five players in the first team iteration of Cloud Nine. I'm actually legitimately telling you that these five players, from just the way I've seen them interact, and just from what I've seen, and just their personalities, they just mesh together very well, just like the G2 squad does. And when you get a perfect storm of players who actually get along in and outside of the game, communication becomes like not i wouldn't say unnecessary but you just know right for instance when when yeah. we when you and i play an aram or 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 a rift game together right you know exactly what i'm gonna do because we played so much together that you know I, i'm just the guy who's just like trigger happy like if i see an opening you know i'm gonna go like like when i'm on blitzcrank yeah. and aram i shoot the hook you just you just know like <laughs> you, you just instinctually start shooting your skill shot at right like right on top of me because you know i'm gonna either get this hook we're going to get this nice fat kill or it's not going to happen. And that's what I mean by yeah. communication. I don't tell you I'm going to shoot the hook. You just you keep an eye on my character and you see me posturing. You, you know I'm going to go for it. You just react to when I react. And it's like a chain reaction of instinct. When you go off based on that, no need for communication. No need for five, six seconds of, hey, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. No, it's just quick, flat, like milliseconds of instantaneous reactions back to back to back to back. And honestly, like, that's perfect. 
that's what you want in a team. That's, that's If there was ever a way for someone to describe teamwork, I just did right there. Boom. League of Legends teamwork. <laughs> like, that's perfect. And yeah, you don't have that. And in almost any other team that I've seen outside of Cloud9 and now Team Liquid, I mean, sorry, not Team Liquid, um, G2, even in Team Liquid, like, it was, yeah. I mean, it was just a bunch of people who just knew how to do their job, <laughs> you know, like, and that's all, that's all we'll say about that. And we'll move forward yep. towards, I think the last thing you mentioned was I mean, the highlight game between Liquid and Cloud9 this week, right? That's, that's, that's coming up. So that's going to be this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's, I want to say it's probably Saturday. I mean, it's a highlight uh, game. I've been imagining Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's gonna be it. But speaking of you know ARAM solo queue, uh, we've seen some interesting compositions this split already. Um, one thing that has really stood out for me are like these like poke comps essentially, right? That people have been playing, and for some teams it's been pretty well. And for other teams, it's been a complete disaster. The best example of the complete disaster was actually COG's first game of the split, um, where they went a full, like, when I say full, I just mean complete whole comp. And this was against the evil geniuses. So this was a Jace top, Nidalee in the jungle, Cassiopeia mid, and then Ezreal Yumi bot lane. Um. Like, Four, you know, four pokers and a Cassiopeia, essentially. Yeah, I see. I, I is, just, is what you have. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was um, that's COG's first game, and I mean, if you were to see that first game and try to extrapolate off one game how their split would go, you'd probably say, oh well, it's a zero and eighteen season for them. Well, they're they're three and one, so it was their they only lost. That's their only loss this season so far. But to pull out a comp like this. Like what I was I sat there like what the hell? I, I saw from the draft I was like, You don't win this. There's no way. I mean, because this is something that I would see like in my solo queue game where we, we queue up for a game and we look at our team and no one there's no tank, there's no engage, there's no stun, and you're just like, Do I really want to play this game or am I gonna dodge this game? I, Wait the five minutes and play the next one. So man, uh I'm looking at it right now. And I did not watch this game. Uh, I you had mentioned it to me, and I you you, yeah. you you mentioned it to me. I took one look, and I was like, "No, this this is just." Yeah, they they got perfect game. Yeah, they didn't take any towers. Uh, they took no objectives on the map, and they didn't get any kills. And here's the sad thing, right? And this has been the telltale weakness of a poke comp. Here's the thing: you get behind with the poke comp, you are behind for the entirety of the game. There is no getting ahead for you because the whole point of a poke comp is that you get even or slightly ahead in lane on terms of items, you meet somewhere, may it be Dragon, Baron, Mid-Tower, Top-Tower, who cares, right? Wherever the objective is you're going for. And as a team, you siege. <laughs> you siege that whatever, the, the objective that you're going for. And the whole point of a siege is that you just sit there and you're you're bombarding these people with all kinds of projectiles <laughs> until eventually they just, they have to leave because the more times you chunk them out, they gotta, they hit back. That That's eight seconds of them standing still. You can probably kill them or eight seconds they go back and then it's like a 15 to 20 second walk from, ba- from like fountain after they heal all the way back to where it is. Like it's a 
15 to 20 second window after you've poked someone out that you have the upper hand that even if they engage on you, you should still technically win the 4v5 even if they engage on you. The problem here that I saw and am seeing from this is that for a long time, this was the style in League of Legends where it was like Nidalee and like Ziggs and oh my god, like it was just, it was just rough to watch. But the whole point of that style yeah. and a lot of reason why people hated it was because like it was so boring. You just sieged all the time, and then eventually, what whatever team gave up first was just that was it, or whatever team risked it all for an engage, that was it. Riot has created multiple ways to stop these types of comps from becoming too prevalent. The main reason because is because like it, it just it's just isn't exciting to watch someone get poked out, walk back to base, and they just lose the tower. It's just not exciting. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because like look at the champions that they they have over there. They've got TF. I mean, I'm not saying TF is gonna flash forward with a gold card. He could. <laughs> like I'm not saying he couldn't, but he could. Then we've got what? Trundle. We've got Poppy. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but. Four champions on po on that team with the poke basically gets rooted by Poppy in by its E. You know, like Poppy was reworked to give give her a root for anyone who jumps anywhere. It's a one second root that basically nullifies four out of five of the team members over there. So automatically, if Poppy decides to freaking flash forward and just start a fight by just like you could just flash and hit E and no one gets away from you. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> that's the end of that. You know? Yeah, it, stop, it stops any kind of jump, yeah. any kind of leap. So if they try to jump towards her, leap towards her, they basically bounce off, which means that it didn't, it didn't go through. Yeah, it didn't go through. And so, she roots yeah, them. Just... Like, Yumi going to try to heal a, a low enemy, or Nidalee jumping away because she throws a spear and jumps away. Ezreal E and Jace going to the skies and stuff like Like, all of this that you normally would use to do anything on the poke side that I'm looking at, it just gets nullified by one champion, Chris. And then let's not even think of like let's not even talk about Trundle Pillar for a second. For a second, Trundle's Pillar. If if anyone who's played League of Legends knows this, when that pillar is on top of you, you feel so slow. <laughs> and I imagine this is how that comp went. Uh, Wiggle, not Wiggly, sorry. Sun Scaring basically put up a pillar, and Kumo just smacked that that bastard up against that wall, and they were stunned, and then Eed. And then boom, easy pickoff right there. One, two, maybe even three, depending on how good the engage is. And once that combo's done, Jazuke walks forward with a nice gold card <laughs> or a freaking Lulu like pixie form thing. Like you, that's it. That's done. That's yeah. that's one whole unit out. Or the Lulu can pixie yeah. whoever's trying to save the person they're stunning. And then you've got two sitting ducks ready to go. And that's the end of that. And I'm assuming that's exactly what happened in that game. I again I believe it was also um Jizuke, uh split pushing as well so on TF cuz I mean he can get away. Oh yeah, that's so like, you have like TF split pushing which is hilarious to look at because I mean That blue card hits Like so yeah, hard. he ha he has an escape, but I mean he's like so squishy. He is so squishy, but yeah. it's it's the perfect champion against a poke comp because no one on that team is going to like Who's going to stop TF from split pushing? Cassiopeia? No, Cassiopeia has to be with the team because she's a team fighter. You send maybe Jace, right? And Jace v TF, like, sure, you've got, like, one move that can stop TF from ulting away. But honestly, like, TF, you start running towards TF, you get gold carded, TF runs backwards and decides to fight you in a prolonged poking fight. Man, TF's got stuns. Like, he's going to come out on top of that. Like, it... If you're that type of TF player that stuns someone and still stands within melee range attacking them, you're an idiot. <laughs> but 
I'm assuming Jazuke, you know, pro player and all, doesn't do that. So even if Jace went to stop him, Ruin ain't gonna be touching Dio. So I imagine it was just just straight. Yeah, he was Jizuke. he was pretty much all over the, all over the map. Yeah, Jazuke was just yeah, doing, doing his thing. thing. And again, I already basically said Poppy, Trundle, Pixie from Lulu, and then Aphelios of all things, just doing the damage to whoever's stunned. Easy four v five lineup right there. Even if you were to go four v five, it's just it's. This draft made no sense to me. I, I mean, if this draft yeah. was like, like four years ago, and Poppy hadn't been reverted to what she is, like we revert Poppy to what she was four years ago, and you play this draft out again, you probably win, honestly, because I, Poppy is the key here, in my opinion. I look at that, and I'm like, Poppy basically yeah. neuters the whole team. Like Poppy one on one just neuters the whole team. If it wasn't for the Poppy pick, man, was the Poppy pick first or was his last? Hold on, let me see. Like, can we? Uh, so taking a look at the actual uh, the actual draft, uh, it looks like w it was definitely a second round pick, and it was um, let's take a look. Was it last pick? Yeah, it was last pick. So Evil Geniuses blue side, COG red side, um, EG last picked for themselves uh, a poppy after COG had already shown everything the, the Ezreal, Yumi, Jace, and Nidalee. So it didn't even matter who well, the fifth COG's coach. I don't today. know who the COG coach is off the top of my head, but COG's coach probably sat there, looked at it, Jace, Nidalee, <laughs> Ezreal, Yumi, and was like, he had the hardest wet dream for Poppy and was just like, Fumo, <laughs> this is the easiest job you ever have. Just lock in the Poppy. Lock it in. Because if you look at the rest of the split ever since that, Poppy isn't played again. Poppy was played yeah. this one time because if you – like, I'm not a coach. I just know champions. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, that's so many jumps. I just lock in a Poppy and we win here, right? Like, 100%. Like, look at it. Like, COG coach. Like, no, no analysis needed. He took one look at it. was like, that's a lot of jumps. Lock in the Poppy, boys. Call it a day. Kubo? <laughs> How's that? How's your How's your index finger? Is it gonna reach the E button in time? We good? All right, let's do this. <laughs> like that's all it was. I I could be wrong. It could be W for Pop I I don't know Poppy's skill order. I've never played the champion, but I mean like it's one skill. <laughs> like, like yeah, it's it's a W. It, 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 it's a W. It, I'm yeah. sorry. Like it's, like <laughs> Kumo. This was the easiest game for him to win a check off of. My God. Like, <laughs> Like you hit one button, you win the game, the team fight. Like my God, that oh that, that that that's a hard one to watch, boys. That's a hard one to watch. All right, um, I think you said there was another yeah, draft that's, mistake. That's rough. What, what was the next one? Um, so off of that, so I mean, we had a Nidalee that game, and um, just as a statistics kind of thing, Nidalee is zero and five now in the summer split. A lot of people have been trying to play it, and um, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen a good Nidalee. NA since like Rush played in Italy, where you could go and watch. Like I promise you, you go to YouTube, you you type Cloud Nine Rush Italy, any Italy game he played in NA. I guarantee you, I can tell you what exactly what he's gonna do. The game's gonna start. He's gonna go to the enemy Krugs and take their Krugs. Bro, like, like hello, Immortal. <laughs> hello, Rush is streaming in Korea right now. Like I mean, seriously, hello. Like Immortals team, like yeah. Immortals Town Squad, this is the time to go pick up Rush. If you needed yeah. a hardcore farming carry style jungler, hello Rush, hello, like go pick up the man. Yeah, he, he's just streaming in Korea right now. I mean, sure, quarantine, COVID, whatever, right? But I mean, well, he can play remotely. Everyone's playing remotely now. <laughs> like, yeah, he can play remote. Yeah, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be too bad. Uh -oh. I mean, he's the god on four yeah, ping. Nearly... Imagine this man on twenty. <laughs> 
But. Yeah, but the Nidalee pick has been pretty garbage. Uh, on the flip side of the poke comps, though, so I mean, like, uh, like pretty much every time I talk about a good team, it's, it's always Clock Nine. But they they played a poke comp as well, Bye. and I was I was like super nervous about it. So it was their third match of the split. It was versus EG. So which is hilarious because it's basically versus a team that shut down the poke comp. Right, so they're like, oh, you know, well, COG did it. We we'll do it and actually win this game. Was what they did, right? And they had, so this game, C9 versus EG. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I, I, I can't yeah, already tell you J- where they went. Yeah. yeah, so like you have you have Jace, Karma, Ezra, Yumi. Right? Those are those are your pokers. With the mix-up being, um, Blabber on Olaf, and then for Evil Geniuses. You know, obviously, Volibear went through. Everyone's letting Volibear slide through. I think because even though it's been reworked and it's powerful, like, it can turn off towers and it has a lot of AoE damage. I think most teams are pretty much agreed, like, we're just going to let it through. And if you pick it, we'll pick something against it because I think it's, like, a waste of a ban. It is. I mean... But, you know, Evil Geniuses has Volibear. They got the Lee Sin, the late scaling Cassidy. And then uh, Aphelios, uh, Aphelios Lulu, which is pretty standard bot lane. All right, so... So, yeah. How do you counter a poke comp, Chris? Oh, full engage. Or, or, yeah, I mean, my bad, yeah. Full, the, the counter to poke full is engage like full or, engage. Or scaling, I guess? No. Well, I mean, scaling, yeah. yes. Now, here's here's where they fuck... I'm sorry, my bad. Here's where they messed the hell up on EG side. I don't know what happened. I don't know what coach was doing what on EG. I have no idea, but that man needs to be fired. You see a semi-pokish comp, and you lock in Cassidy? <laughs> you, you, you don't even... I'm looking at this, and I'm like, who's? where's your wave clear? The whole point of a poke comp is that once they've pushed the wave to your tower, you kind of like, you would wave clear it so you could push it right back out. They can't just stand there sieging you under the tower. Right, but I'm looking. I'm like, hmm. I, I I ain't seeing no Ziggs, Azir, Victor. I ain't seeing nothing over there that can clear a wave out fast enough before Jace gets a Q, Karma gets a Mantra Q, or Ezra and Yumi gets their Qs off. Like, hello? Where, where? Yeah, Niski on the 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 Karma into the cast. Like, it was a brutal match. No, Karma Karma match. wins that 100% of the time for most of the laning yeah. phase because Cassidy can't do jack against Karma. Cassidy's whole point, yes, I get it. Yeah. Cassidy's whole kit is he's a mage, like he's a mage stopper, right? But Karma's job right. isn't to freaking assassinate you through AP in the freaking mid lane. Karma's job is to just poke your butt out, get as much CS as possible, build support items, yeah. and be a secondary support slash shield bot to the real carries of this team. Which arguably, if I'm looking at it, I'm assuming Blabber just ran all over their faces with Olaf. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, so like, so Niski just uh, poking, poking out Jazuke. And not even just like abilities, but like even like the autos, like the auto attacks. Like he just sitting there in the menu wave, autoing down Cassidy. The old and of school, course like Cassidy pre six can't do anything. The old that. school Korean top top lane. I mean the the old school Korean top lane matchup when they came to NA was that no Korean support or no Korean jungler wanted to be in the jungle of the support because they didn't trust NA solo queue enough, so they would always play a carry role. And half the time, every one of those Koreans like. Korean solo queue people back when NA was holding worlds. I remember watching Mata in the top lane on Jace against Box Box's Riven. 
and BoxBox lost to a support player. Not a guy who plays a lot in the top lane. I mean, we're talking about a Riven one trick who's been up against all kinds of matches, losing to a support pro player. Yes, Korean, but it's Mata. He's not mechanically proficient. And you know what, yep. what he did? He did exactly what Niski did. He stood in the middle of the wave and auto-attacked that poor melee range champion every chance he got. I did that same tactic the other night when we were playing in, a, in an actual Rift game. It was the Trendermere versus Jace, remember? You looked yep. at the CS, five minutes in, I'm up by 30, he's at two. Because I did that tactic where I stood in between the waves, just zoning him and poking him any second he came too close. Like, yep. I, dude, it, it's so good. And that's exactly what happened between Niski and Jazuke. You were putting Jazuke. Yep. Where's the Echo? Jazuke's bread and butter champion, Echo? You could have picked Echo here and it would have done wonders yeah, for you over yeah, it wasn't bad. No one's banning Echo. No one's even yeah. playing Echo right now, right? Yeah. The only thing, the only, I mean, Demonte played it in their one win. This split, he played a split pushing Echo, which right. was pretty dirty. Because Demonte is proficient on assassins. That's all he does. Like, like, dude, yeah. if there's gonna be a mid lane talent that's coming up that I want to see in action on like a team that can really support him, it's Demonte. Because Demonte is the kind of guy who's like, you put me on any type of playmaker, I'm gonna go nuts. I'm going to do everything I goddamn can to try and get this W. Because that's all he cares about. He he, he he has this drive in him to win. Because that's all he wants to do. He just wants to make a name for himself and get get some wins under him. He's been on some really not amazing teams. But he's got that drive. You can see it in the way he plays. He's got some swag in him. Like He ain't playing no control mage mid, sit back, farming thing. No, he's playing some freaking swagger aspects, man. It's some good shit. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, to to quote him directly, so after their one game... He uh, got interviewed, and they asked him, of course, like, "Hey, like, you know, so, you know, what happened in Spring Split? You know, what's going on? That was interesting, right? Like, you want you went to Worlds at the end of last year, and then you weren't on a main team during Spring Split. You weren't in the LCS. And how was that? And like, how did you get back in all that stuff? And this exact quote from Devonte, he says, um, they asked him, she asked him at the end of it, the interview, like, anything you want to say to your fans or anything you want to say to people out there? And his exact words were." There's not going to be another LCS team that gets rid of me again, right? And I feel like, I mean, he, his record right now is one and three mm -hmm. in this in this split. But I feel like, yeah, if he's up and coming, if he does really well this split, and if he makes it back to if they if his team makes it into the playoffs again, like I feel like he's gonna be the player to watch. Like he always has, kind of has been since last the end of last year. Yeah, he was on an arguably be super really super heavy like. Uh, resource-based team because he was he was on a team with Huni and he was still popping off because he was he was getting yeah. like no resources almost because you know it's Huni and he was still popping off. Yep. Like like that that's that's that trial by fire if I ever had to actually put it down right like that's a trial <laughs> by fire right there. Yeah. So let, let me just let's back it up a little bit so we got a little off topic with the whole echo thing but I mean dude <laughs> you've got your arguably. Yeah your most aggressive player on EG side because Jazuke is just that, right? He's an aggressive dude and you got him on a scaling mage <laughs> up against yep. range too. Like mm -hmm. you put Jazuke, like honest to God, you run this draft back, you run it, you run it back again. You put Jazuke on echo. I think this game comes out differently. I mean, I think cloud it was a last pick cast in as well. <sighs> so they, God. they picked, that was their counter to the karma which i don't think was ever gonna work whoever 
is on EG's coaching staff. You did a great thing with the poppy, and then you effed up with the Cassidy. Did you did you just get a big ass head when you were like, oh, you know what, guys, we're gonna run the poppy here? Did you just suddenly think like, I think Cassidy works out? Are you a moron? Do you like? I'm not a coach. I'm not a pro player by like the the easiest strand of things. And I can look at this lineup and I think to myself, we need way clear. Because yeah. I'm looking at it. I instantly know we're missing way clear. We are just going to be pushed in all the time. And that's what a poke comp wants, man. They want to push you in. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. And then essentially throughout most of the game, you have Blabber flashing over walls and just, launch, to launch these axes, doing these 1v3 battles around the map. Who's going to stop him? Look, look at that lineup <laughs> and tell me who's going to stop him. Lulu? Yep. Lulu can't make him into a pixie. He just goes invulnerable for 2.5 seconds and runs the Filios or Lulu down like a freaking mad truck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming at some point, Vulcan jumped on the blabber and was just like, go boy. <laughs> like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my that's, God. that's pretty much what we had going like, on. It was, yeah, it was rough. I would like to also tell so. the audience, I have not seen any of these matches. And the fact that I can imagine all of this happening just from <laughs> looking at the comp, guys. Like, come on. Like, okay, let's break it down bit by bit, okay? Top lane, Jace v. Volibear. We already went through the same matchup in the mid lane with Cassidy versus Karma. Jace's range. And Jace has percent-based yeah. damage on his hammer-type skills. You don't think that Kumo... Who, sorry, my bad. Licorice, who basically was what, like, was the main squad. Like, Licorice and Kumo probably played against each other a thousand times because Kumo was on the C9 Academy, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't think for one second that Licorice probably played Jace and just straight dick this kid for like 50 games straight or something? No, on this, on this game in particular. So what's interesting, like I mentioned earlier, is Licorice has been having some kind of weird early games. Not like low in CS or anything. He's just not popping off like he was before. But the, the solo codes, yeah, him yeah. getting solo codes. So in this game, he gets solo code under his own tower um, by Kumo. Kumo flashes to get the um, proc W on Volibear to do the extra damage. Bro, and honestly, um, that's good. I mean, not, that's not good for you because Lickers is your boy because he's on your nine. <laughs> the reason why I say it's good, it's good yeah. for the community as a whole, is that Lickerish, who was quote unquote our best top laner from whatever, right? Like for like last year or even like the year and a half ago, he's our best top laner. If our best top laner is currently getting dicked around right now, it might one light a fire under him so he can get back into some shape, or the top lane talent in NA is just slowly getting better. And either or is good. If Licorice gets a fire lit underneath him, he starts playing at Licorice levels where he's just solo killing everyone, going off like a phenom. That's good for Cloud9. That's good for NA because we're gonna have some, we're gonna have a real shot at getting out of groups maybe, <laughs> at Worlds. And also yeah. on the other side, if the top lane talent is getting better, which it should be, because we have some really heavy hitting top laners in NA solo queue like Huni, Someday, Licorice, you know, like. All these people, they, these are some heavy hitting top laning, top laning names. You know, the fact that it took this long to see any growth in top lane is a little disturbing, honestly. But if top lane is getting better, that's what we want. We don't want one team dot. Like, honestly, I would rather watch a split where it goes down to the wire, literally goes down to the last game on the 18th game that we find out who's the best team in the split. If, if that's how the split goes, that's an amazing split. One, it, it means one of two things. The teams are so close in skill level that they're constantly biting and nipping at each other's ankles to see who's the number one dog in NA. 
or the teams are just that bad overall that they all suck, right? Now, I would prefer to think the other way, where everyone's close to the level of each other and they're pushing each other to be better. Because you cannot thrive in competition unless you have someone to compete against. And I would argue and say for the longest time, Lickers didn't have much competition. Sure, Someday was there. Sure, Huni was there. But Huni's like, you know, we've, we've gone through my opinion of Huni in the last episode. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> you know, we got to do an episode on Sunday, like 100%. 100%. But like, yeah. the fact that Lickers' only competition, arguably, for the last year was Someday, who has been on a really, really shitty team for like the entirety of his entire time in NA. You know, that's sad. So if we actually get to see Licorice getting pushed around a little bit, losing a couple of, like, you know, 1v1s, getting solo queued, that means our top lane is starting to get some foundation, man. That's good. We want that. You know? Like, we want that yeah. growth. Um, so we'll move on to the jungle matchup now. I'm looking at Olaf v. Lee Sin. If I'm looking at the bands correctly, which I am, we've got... <clears throat> they banned Trundle Graves first. Now, why would you ban Trundle and Graves when you're about to pick Olaf, because those are C9's bands, Trundle and Graves, right? The other side didn't do that. They banned Varus yeah. and stuff. You ban Trundle and Graves because those are two champions that can neuter Olaf in any type of shape or form, any type of matchup. If Graves runs into Olaf in the mid game, Graves will kill Olaf, hundred percent, because Graves just does too much damage. Trundle, yeah, you drop, you drop the smoke, and you just run him. Yeah, down. You, you drop the smoke, you just run that man down. And Trundle, like, what the heck is Olaf gonna do? Olaf. Is just going to run at Trundle. Trundle's going to turn around, bite that man in the face, sap 40 of his damage away, and then pop the ulti on him, making him weaker in defense and MR. And then Trundle's just going to beat him in the face with the club. Like, Trundle and Graves instantly counters Olaf. That's why C9 got rid of it. That's why he, it's just a smart move from C9 drafting. 100%. Like, sorry for, I'm blanking out. What's the coach's name for C9 again? Reaper. Reaper. Like, Reaper did a great job yep. here on draft. Like, 100%. That was a good ban. Those two two easy bans, boom. You you knew, if I'm watching this, and I see Trundle and Graves, I know for a fact C9 is, play, like, first picking Olaf. Did they first pick Olaf? Uh, let's take a look. I think so, yeah. Boom. Here. Instant. Bro, like, I'm, it's like I'm a prophet or something. Um, okay. Yeah, they picked, uh, <clears throat> yeah, first pick Olaf on blue side. Yeah. Where EG picked into that, then the Aphelios Lee Sin. Yeah. My bad. Let me let no. me break that down. You you picked Lee Sin into Olaf. <laughs> Nowhere in any type of hell on earth does Lee Sin beat Olaf. I've played many many a game in my long time as a middle aged man playing League of Legends from like almost five, six, seven years ago up till now, and I have never been able to win a matchup as Lee Sin into Olaf. Like, I'd have to be, the Olaf has to be, like, basically bronze, <laughs> or yep. I got so far ahead, and I got my team so far ahead that they were able to stop Olaf. I didn't stop Olaf. There's no time frame ever where Lee Sin beats Olaf 1v1 in the jungle at any level. Lee Sin runs into Olaf at level 2. That is a dead blind man. <laughs> <laughs> And then we move on. Yeah, it was Yeah, like it, it yeah. It's, it's rough. Then you got Ezreal. So Ezreal Yumi is kinda like the new hotness right now as far as it's like, like the old hotness. Bot lane picks. Yeah, it's like the new old hotness, really. Yeah, it's like know. the new old. Like it, uh. it what was it? It's like Jin Yumi, Ezreal Yumi, Sivir Yumi, like any champion that can farm from afar or wave clear from afar, like as a single unit. Yumi is just perfect with them. Ez Ezreal, because he can hit Qs from far away and still farm. Jin, like, Jin just... 
You put zoomies and heels on Jin, he's just unstoppable freaking force. <laughs> Um, and then you've got mm. Sivir, you know, Sivir's way clear. It's just, it's, it's just a known thing in the game. You get Sivir to a 500 CS, you're going to win the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. Yumi's just always been that type of champion. So, like, we've got Yumi as run the bot lane into Ophelios Lulu. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't played a lot of bot games, like, bot matchups lately. It's just, I just don't get the chance to, right? But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, I, I actually think... EG had the better bot lane here because Ophelios is strong, pretty strong right off the bat. And then you got Lulu, yeah. and Ophelios is just he's. I, look, I love Ezreal. I love playing Jin, Ezreal, and all that. But like, you put up Ezreal against like an actual auto attacking AD carry, he's just gonna lose. <laughs> so I, I actually think the Lulu, uh, Ophelios bot lane, they they actually got a good power pick back to them. It's just. The upper part of the map, man, the Volibear, Lee and Cassid, and that part of the tri that trifecta part of the map was just—I I think it was just too weak. That's what I think. I'm... Yeah, there wasn't um, <clears throat> a lot of early skirmishes bot lane. Like the first like 15 minutes, even they, um, you know, wasn't no kills, no fighting or anything. Uh, they weren't able to <clears throat> get a huge lead on the Aphelios Lulu in the, in the bot lane. In fact, that. Evil Genius bot lane died first from like a 13 minute like teleporting gank from Niski. Niski just teleports in, Yumi flies on top of him. He they get like two kills instantly. Yeah, too much too much slows coming out um, basically at that point. Yeah, I think the most the the most amazing part of this game was that at I think it was like I want to say four minutes thirty seconds. Uh, Cloud Nine is up a thousand gold already. Farming. You know, four minutes in the game, just from farming. Yeah, Lee Sin, yeah, uh, Blabber's up 20 CS on Lee Sin. That's like what? That's five camps? Each camp is like four? Lee Sin is notoriously known as a ganking <clears throat> champion. He is yeah. not going to be farming. Olaf, I mean, anyone who's played Olaf yeah. knows you throw those axes at a right angle, you're going to get like multiple freaking monster hits. And then we already yep. discussed it. Jace, Karma, range versus melee. You can zone them out for a large amount of the time, and they're just ahead of gold the whole time. I, I, I can see. When you first told me that, I was like, man, Cloud9 must have stomped it. And I'm looking at the lineup now, and I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Because the, the, the way the champions were yep. picked, it was just easy advantages from, like, minute one almost, man. Like, yeah. It, <sighs> so it, it made the first blood not even important, yeah. right? Because the first blood comes in, like, around six or seven minutes or something when Kumo hits level seven. But even then, it's like, you were already behind. Yeah, like all, all Kumo did was probably, like, <laughs> staunch the bleeding at best. That's all he did. He just, like, yep. kind of put some bandages on that wound was like, here you go, but buddy. He, he gets that kill at six six minutes in. They're still behind. It's, that's so dumb. <laughs> like, it's, actually, it's actually insane. It's actually insane to, to watch it happen. Because I think, actually, it might not have been, like, first blood. So I think it was, like, the second kill of the game. But... It's just like he gets that kill, and you're still behind, like two thousand gold. Yeah. You know what do you do? What do you do when you like you solo kill the best, one of the best top laners in in the league, right? You're playing this game. You're focused on top lane. As well. I gotta shut him down early. You do that. You look at the scoreboard. Oh great, we're still down two k gold. Well, I guess that's the end of the game. I don't know. Let's let's much, ask. They... Let's ask me two nights ago when I was playing that Jace game in the top lane, and I was basically <laughs> crushing it. Jesus man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do you do? Like, what do you what do you do? And to bring it right back around to the comp and the pick and the Cassidy pick, ultimately we blew this game wide open. They they crush the game super early. They take down mid lane with the Rift Herald, and that's it. Cassidy basically is stuck 
trying to catch farm um, at his tier two tower, and the game was pretty much over at that point. Yeah, because the win condition on casting is you get in, cast it into sixteen, the game basically shifts back in your favor. The problem is, I don't think Jizuke ever got to sixteen. He probably didn't even make it to like eleven. Yeah, he got to uh, I want to say fourteen. Yeah, there was it was a twenty five minute game. Oh, so, I mean, like... twenty five minutes, <laughs> twenty five minutes, fourteen. That's not bad. They were they were probably funneling a lot. They they basically at that point were like, yep. we need Jazuke, like we need Jazuke to get like big, and I think they were trying yeah. their best. It's just, look, man. Yeah, we already broke it down. We extensively went into it, and it just yeah. was not. It's bad. just so. It's the overall the takeaway here is is. Uh... There have some been some interesting poke comps, interesting decisions made from champs like which I always think is one of my favorite parts of the game, kind of to watch to see how how teams you know pick and ban against other teams. And Cloud9 again shows that they, they can pick a pick comp, make you know make it a little spicy with their bans, and still win the game, um, like hand over fist essentially. Yeah, hand so. over fist win the game. Now. Uh... Uh, this isn't a comp that you mentioned, but it is a comp that I have seen a lot of uh, tweets about. And what is up with TSM putting Bjergsen on fiddlesticks? <laughs> not just any fiddlesticks. Yeah. It's tank fiddlesticks. It's not even damage fiddlesticks. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's tank. Yeah, so it's it's tank fiddle, and um, yeah, it's. It's interesting. I want to say that he won one game on it and lost the other. Oh, yeah. He won one game on uh, it. He won the game against Immortals. Yeah. You win against Immortals, then... the 10th place team in the goddamn league right now. You, Yeah. Bro. You, yeah. you pull out middle. <laughs> like, my bad. You pull out middle sticks. You go tank on middle sticks. Yeah. And you get a win on the 10th place team. Congratulations. You stole a win. Yeah. You pull out middle six <laughs> against FlyQuest, the arguably second best team right now in the league, against Power of Evil, who is, you know, not to be saying anything or anything, but Bjergsen, you don't have a good record against Power of Evil, buddy. He, Power of Evil had the record before that game. He was up one overall, he, so now he's up He's two. up two he now, has, son. He has his number, dude. Yeah. And this is so dumb. TSM, are you blind? I get it. Double lift is back on the team. I get it. You got broken blade in the top lane. You've got some lanes that you kind of need to figure out who gets priority. Here's the thing. You don't put Bjergsen on fiddlesticks against Power of Evil, man. Bjergsen going into that. I I'm, I don't care what the interviewers say. Like Bjergsen's like, oh, I don't care about the legacy between me and him. Oh, he cares. I 100% believe he cares. And on top of that, yeah. you gave Syndra... To double lift? <laughs> Are you mad? Double lift can't play any other mage outside of Sona. Okay? And Sona, like yeah. like I'm sorry. I, I'm losing my I'm losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the the big problem with that is well, I mean, so double lift wasn't ahead by any means in that game. Uh Mash Me was um super ahead on Aphelios, but I feel like even even in this kind of game, right, where you have double if on a mage, I feel like even if double if is super ahead, what do you do on Syndra as a bot laner? Where's like, what the do you do damage? on Syndra that gets you? Yeah, you know, you have, I mean, yeah, like there's the pop off plays. You, you've seen the pull belter like on Syndra, like Pentakill, right? Like something like I've that. I've seen that. You know, but no, but no, like, no, what no. do you, like, like if you're, if you're in the. Look at the lineup, Chris. It's Volibear, <laughs> Lee Sin. Middle sticks tank, Syndra, Nautilus. Yeah. Where's your goddamn damage? Where is yeah, that's, the damage? That's, that's the problem they had, essentially. Like, even 
yeah, double lift that a, a bunch of times, like after he ulted, because he'd ult, and yeah, oh great, you got off some magic damage, um, but what did it get you? Like one kill in return, and your whole team is aced. Yeah, essentially nothing. It was it was rough. I'm sorry, Parth. I know you're back on the lineup now. You're doing coaching again, and you probably did this. Are you smoking? Like, what are you smoking, dude? What are you smoking? Because I need to get some for me. Because I would have to be completely yeah. blitzed out of my goddamn mind to think for one second that that comp right there is going to work. You have Syndra. Bjergsen's, Bjergsen's the best Syndra we got NA, period. Okay? And you gave it to Doublelift? Doublelift doesn't play mages. He's a marksman player. For like the eternity of time, he shines on a marksman. Sure, he played Sona, but he even voiced out loud he hates playing Sona. He just did it yep. for the wins. He wanted the championships. He wanted the trophies. It... Was there not any other AD carry? I, yeah, sure. The other side had Ophelios. There are champions that you can play into Ophelios. Like, it isn't just a wash just because Ophelios is on the other side. We're... D Double if is a great Zaya. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, where's the you know where's the Ezreal? Ezreal's up. Ezreal's up. Yeah, double lift, like double lift, basically play. popularized Blue Ezreal back yeah. when Blue Ezreal was the thing in season two. Okay. Yeah, if you're you're playing against a, a Felios and you know he's really good, where's the Caitlyn? Like I, I mean, <laughs> I just basically what I think is Park probably was like, bro, we're the only people that can play middle six right now. I think we just abuse it as long as possible. Yeah, you got one game off of the tenth place <laughs> team. Congratulations. How was it? How was it? <laughs> Because it does not work against a real team, okay? Like, I don't care what people say. Oh, I don't care if there's immortal fans that are going to, like, hate us for me saying this. Like, your team sucks. Your team is going nowhere. You're not even a team. If relegations was still happening, immortals would be down there right now. And they probably would get relegated. Because some of these academy teams, I imagine, are actually better than them. Just saying. Like, it... I'm, I, and I hated the the one tweet I saw was like, man, look at Biofrost inting on the Nautilus. And I'm looking at it like, he ain't got a goddamn choice. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the in-game? Yes, I mean, he, I remember watching the game thinking the same thing, though. Like, when I watched it, I was like, man, he's dying a lot. But at the same time, like, he's the guy who needs to go in. Yeah. Who's he's gonna go in? He's the guy who needs to uh, needs to initiate. Volibear ain't know? gonna go Cinder in. Cinder ain't gonna initiate. Volibear ain't gonna go in. Double if can't land a stun on Cinder to save his life, okay? Double if ain't engaging on Cinder. If that was Bjergsen on Cinder, Bjergsen would probably hit these fucking knockaways and stuff that'll stun people for like a couple of seconds, and then something could happen. That I would believe. What are you gonna do? Ulti in as fiddlesticks and fear someone? Sure, that's gonna last all of two seconds. What are you gonna do then? Like the the comp doesn't work. And even then, you're you're a very shifty makeshift sh pick comp. I, I don't even know what the Parth. I have no idea what you're <laughs> thinking, dude. I, I look at that lineup and I'm like, hmm, that looks like one of those NA solo queue games to me. Is this Iron? And I look over at yeah. FlyQuest's comp and I'm like, oh, they picked hardest scaling. Great. You picked Orn, Azir, Ophelios, three hard scaling champions. And you pick that, like, FlyQuest probably was like, yeah. even if we blow 10k in the first 15 <laughs> minutes, if we hit the 25 to 30 minute mark, we still win this game, regardless of all the mistakes we do. Because that's, I, I'm looking at it, Orn, Orn, Orn is unfair. He gives great items to all of his champions. Azir, Azir, Azir hits like a goddamn truck at 30 minutes, regardless of if he has farm or not. He just hits like a truck. 
And then Ophelios, we've seen Ophelios, okay? He's he's broken. I get it. He's just a dumb champion, and there's dumb things you can do on him. He just does too much freaking damage for an AD carry. He does everything an AD carry wants to do and can do. It's so stupid. So, yeah, FlyQuest was just like, bro, easy win. Checks in the mail, TSM. Thank you, Parth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Um. And that's essentially what happened. You have Orn. There's one point in the game where... TSM somehow even like gets themselves like routed in FlyQuest like top half of the jungle and just get destroyed. They get in these tight little corridors. You got Leona throwing down stuns. You have uh, Solo on the Orn throwing out the Ort the the ultimate. Yeah, it was it was pretty devastating. So it was it was pretty rough. You know TSM on two and two, which is probably better than their record last year. So I mean they're at least even. At this point, I want to say last year they were eight and ten, something like that. So, dude, like a little better. It's it, it, it's just yeah. rough to watch right now. Um, yeah. And and speaking <laughs> yep. of watch, uh, as I said throughout the broadcast, currently I have not been watching any of these games because I most just like everyone else who probably has voiced their opinion in like Twitch chat and all this stuff to the NALCS. I just can't watch the broadcast. It's just too bad. I, I, unfortunately, fortunately for me, my my money, my revenue does not come in from watching LCS games and commentating on them. Like some of these people have to sit there and watch it and talk about it and make YouTube videos. I don't have to do that. I I just get money because I'm a teacher. Okay, it just comes in. Now, speaking of that, like I will not sit there and put myself through the torture that is NALCS broadcast because. It's just not good. It's still not good. I get it, you know, like, they, they've tried to address the issue with their, the dive and Mark Z talking about it in depth on um, Hotline League or whatever. They're saying, like, oh, we switched, uh, we switched over programs and stuff like that. That's why there's all these bugs and stuff. Okay, if you're switching programs, then why not do, like, testing? Why not do it with the Academy League games first? And then once you've hammered out the bugs that are inevitably going to show up when you try something new... Once those bugs are hammered out, then you bring it to the main stage. Like any, if this was a movie and this was like the the final cut of the movie, like this is the best shot you're ever gonna have at the movie, you ain't gonna make money. And if you guys keep doing this, it's just gonna be the same way. Like your broadcasting is so bad. I I tuned in for a game just to tune in for it, and I think it was the it was one of the last games where like Captain Flowers is talking by himself. Sure, yeah, the, the Captain Flowers can hear Kobe, but we couldn't. And it's legitimately Captain Flowers talking to himself like he's some insane asylum patient looking at a mirror. Like, you are supposed to be the premier esports show in NA, and this is the type of stuff you're bringing to your audience, and you wonder why no one's watching you, or why people are saying LEC is doing it just a hundred times better. Because it is, at this point, it's not even a hundred times better, guys. It's, at this point, a thousand times to a million times better than what you're doing. It's just not good. These are real numbers. Yeah, these are real numbers, okay? Like, real numbers. <laughs> I guess the the thing that is frustrating, that having all these problems come up, is that it's not it's not like they had to make this really quickly. So, I mean, this this isn't like the end of the spring split where they only had a couple of weeks to kind of get everything ready. And if there's problems, then that's understandable. But you know that was like almost three months ago. We've been in co- yeah. we've been so in quarantine in, in that time. Yeah, in in that time, you know, I've, the the production quality I feel like should have 
increased or gotten back to uh, what it was um, pre-online broadcast. You know, so it's pretty rough. The Friday Night League is also not great. Um, so they in the spring split they have Monday Night League, which was like their new kind of avenue for getting league games on one of the biggest sports nights of the week, which is dumb, which is Monday night, which is usually revert, reserved for uh, like Monday night football. Yeah. You're trying to compete um, with Monday night football in America. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Uh, I think the views on that one were pretty low, like the amount of views on like Twitch and YouTube and stuff. So well, this, yeah, split, no shit. <laughs> yep. So this play, they switched it to Friday night league where they do Academy rush and then they do two LCS games. So, I have a couple notes on that. One, Academy Rush just still sucks. Um, it's basically you have multiple LCS Academy games going on, and you switch between them on the fly every couple of minutes to see what's going on in the game. And each of them has an individual caster who's casting the match by himself. From what I've seen, these aren't like well-known casters. These are up-and-coming casters or people who have casted maybe like lower scenes, and they're giving them an opportunity on the Riot broadcast stage to cast these games, which I'm all for. Like, I like that, and that means they get to make a name for themselves. But the switching back and forth still is garbage. Like, they call it Academy Rush, right, because they're kind of rushing through these games. And I feel like it's just really bad. The The best comparison to this is, is Dota. And Dota has the International. And the International has so many teams that when they're going through their group stage they they have to do this style where they have to actually have multiple games at the same time uh, but what they do is so much better what they do if i'm not mistaken they they have like one they have a few channels that have this rush style where they're going back and forth but then you can just go watch the individual game themselves like if you just want to watch this one game hey there's a whole channel there's a whole page set up for that game if you want to watch that if you or if you want to watch if you want to watch this sort of highlights reel of it going on, that's fine. You can do that too. At least you have options. But with Academy Rush, it feels so it's bad. Bad. Yeah, because you're you're just getting like bits and pieces, and I'm sure they're they're probably trying to switch over when there's like not much going on. But at the same time, I just find it uninteresting to watch because it's well, for one thing, it's the Academy game, so they're not as hype as the LCS games. And the uh, constant switching back and forth uh, with one caster only on the desk for these individual games is even less because I think there's only a few casters like off the top of my head that are really good like solo casters. Um, and it's it's a hard role to fill because you're basically talking by yourself. They're trying to you do know, so the Monday night football thing or any type of football thing where they're like they're just switching in between games when they're hyping up the most. And again, this only happens in football, and it's possible because here's the thing, guys. Football, they do it by plays. There are moments in the game where you just call timeouts and you're able to sit back and think about things. League of Legends is a real-time yeah. game where you have to be playing constantly throughout the thing. We're not allowed pauses. Trust me, if there were pauses allowed in League of Legends, coaches would be abusing the living crap out of that crap. Hmm. Okay? Now, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. If you're going to cut from game to game to game, cut when things are actually happening. Or even then, just cut over and don't even watch the actual game that's going on. Just have the guy that's sitting there casting it do a quick replay of the amazing play that you wanted to get to in the first place. Cutting between game to game, between laning phases, doesn't do shit for us as an audience. It just confuses yeah. the most context people. context is, is it there for what you're watching. Yeah, it's not. Like, yeah. 
I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I, I get it. You know, yeah. NA wants to model themselves after American football because that's arguably the most watched sport in America. I get that. You know, you want to model yourself yeah. after a success story. But – And the NFL does this. Um, the NFL – so, I mean, you, you may not know, but they have NFL Red Zone, which does this, which is a subscription package you have to pay for. They basically does this on Sundays, and their their channel is basically like, hey, we know you can't watch all the games going on today. So if you want, if you watch this Red Zone channel, we will give you the highlights of the games. But like you said, you know, football matches have timeouts. And they and what they do on their broadcast is they don't go back and forth between live games. They essentially give you the highlights of the games. And they'll give you some live action stuff too. But mostly their, their broadcast is already set up to like capture, crop, take out, and repackage the highlights of each individual game going on and give you the best moment because really you don't need context much for a football game. You don't need to really know what happened before to appreciate the play that's happening right now. Yeah, because it all looks But in league, you, yeah, in league, you kind of need that, right? In league, you need the context, right? Yeah. Like getting a Baron uh, in a match is not impressive. Getting a Baron if you're 10K gold down and you stole it is impressive. And that that context is it's kind of hard to be there when you're just throwing it off to a caster who may or may not even know when he's being watched. Yep. Right. Like he may not even know when he's being watched and he may not know that he needs to give a recap of what's going on. And I feel like without all that, it's just a huge slump. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to them getting rid of it. I don't know if they are. I really hope they do, because I think it's, it's just it's not great. It needs to be improved. It's it's. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So we, I pretty much just tune in because I know that they're going to have two LCS games after it. And that's really all I'm there for. Yeah, it's all you're there for and yeah. whatnot. It, yeah. It's like – And even the broadcast for the LCS games on the Friday night um, is kind of lackluster. So I don't know if they did it the second night, but the first night they have uh, a virtual reality sort of thing with this guy named Sushi Dragon. I, no, so back... I, there's been so many twi- – like we're not even going to – no. Like we're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> what I am going to say is this. Yep. In TV broadcasting, back when there were super hit shows on TV, like, for instance, House, Lost, Bones, and all that stuff, right? There were certain times during the week where certain stations would put their least favorite shows or their most their most watched shows up in those same time slots because Fox will always be competing against, you know, 39 or 20 and stuff like that. They, they got to compete for the time slot, and they would put their best shows there to see, you know, what shows – you know, forcing people to pick, right? Because that's the whole point. You want people to watch your network. Now, it's arguably almost the same thing now in terms of, like, league. You're just basically trying to compete against... On Monday night, you were trying to compete against football, which you're not going to win because large majority of the audience, us, the 28-year-olds or thirty close to 30-year-old people that are watching LCS, also are probably football fans because we grew up in the generation where esports wasn't a thing and we probably just watched sports too at the beginning. So a lot of us who probably know a little bit more about sports than we do League of Legends, granted we love playing League of Legends, but chances are we're going to go with our buddies to go watch the football game and all that good stuff over League of Legends on Monday. Okay? So the fact that you were trying to compete against Monday Night Football of all things, and think you could actually do? Are you insane? Like, are, I don't know. Again, I don't know who at Riot Games is smoking this amazing ass weed that you got growing in California or some shit. But you guys need to stop because you're making some dumb freaking decisions. Hundred percent. 
Fix the problems you already have. Stop trying to stop trying to improve on crap because all you're getting from improving on crap is just more crap. It's slightly better crap, but it's still crap. <laughs> just scrap the whole damn thing. Do something else. For the love of God. Yeah. 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 It kind of needs to go. It, yeah. The, <laughs> it all, like the reason it all kind of needs to go. The reason why I I know maybe Chris wants to talk about the whole spoofy dragon. I don't know who the hell that virtual reality thing is at the end. You want to talk about it a little bit maybe because that's the big thing everyone's talking about. I don't want to talk about it here because it's freaking garbage. It has nothing to do with League of Legends. I don't know why it's even there. Get that shit off that, my fucking head. That's essentially the thought. Yeah. Get, that's essentially the argument. Yeah. Get that yeah. shit it's, off it doesn't the have a place. Head. It doesn't have a place for this scene. Yeah. He's not a pro player. Uh, he's he, he's not even dressed up or doing anything that has to do with League of Legends, period. If he was a guy just sitting there with a the children's book reading League of Legends lore would be better than what you're doing right now. For the love of God, stop what you're doing. Stop smoking the magic pipe and do things that we want. Listen to us or you will not have us around to listen to, period. No, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, like it, there's no point in me talking about it because it's legit garbage. You were filling dead air up with even more uh, more useless content. <laughs> Period. Like that that area of the show. This is where you shouldn't have fired Avali, by the way, Riot Games. You could have just gave her a spot on that show where she's just literally standing there talking into a mic, and people will actually watch because they know who she is from League of Legends. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's thriving. She's making great content, yeah. and um, yeah. she's doing some cool stuff. Exactly. They could have had her on the LCS broadcast. They, so. they could have had her. They could have had Laurel. Yeah. They, they could have had anybody. Dude, switch over to I Will Dominate complaining for 30 minutes about how LCS sucked tonight. That would have been better than that spoofy dragon dude standing there doing nothing. <laughs> Jesus, <Yep>. man. <laughs> Okay, I, I we need to get off. Yeah, uh, it's pre it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah, we we, we we're gonna shift. It's, we're gonna talk about yeah. um, the game as a whole, right? So yeah. arguably the big thing coming up is obviously worlds, and it's only been about two three yeah. weeks in. There's not gonna be a lot of stuff that we can talk about in terms of like you know what teams are we gonna send to worlds and whatnot because everyone's got some crazy predictions. Everyone's got the usual predictions. What I want to talk about is how strong are the regions coming in. Right, well, like who's who's looking kind of hot right now? And to be to be quite fair with you guys, uh, Chris doesn't really watch a lot of the games, but I mean he, anyone can guess and see what the best teams are. I mean for me, I've been watching as much of the games as I can, and I can tell you right now, look, China's coming in hot. We are coming in hot this year with some, like we've got some homebrew Chinese talent that are just raring to freaking go at Worlds, and then right after right right after China, it's Europe. Europe has been nipping at the bud. For another championship, but also like they they could have won it last year. But last year, arguably the best team in the world was G two. I don't care who won the world championship. G two was the best <laughs> team in the world. FPX just happened to have yep. their number. G two like FPX tripped, stumbled down the rabbit hole that Alice fell in, landed on the perfect meta for Doinbee, and just happened to win the world championship. That's what happened because the team that was the most dominant, the most that everyone said was going to win and should have won was G two. Just like in 2018, no IG. IG was not the best team in the world. It was, and still is to this day, RNG at 2018. Because that was the team going in. That was the team that everyone was afraid of. And it just so happened that when they got to Worlds, the meta shifted just enough that Uzi couldn't win the title. That's all it was. Okay? And I will even say this. For the last four years that we've been having World Championships, the best team in the world has not won it. SKT, when they won... 
their third title with Faker or something like that. They weren't the best team in the world. The Rocks Tigers, or GE Tigers, my bad, were the best team in the world at the time. SKT just happened to have their number. All it was, okay? Like, I'm so sick. Okay, <laughs> my bad. So, it goes China, EU, and then obviously Korea over NA because, like, I'm not even going to put NA up there. So, and I've been watching a lot of the Korean games, and honestly, when I watched uh, the Midsummer Cup, which was the sort of filler for the midseason, midseason whatever, the MSI for uh, League right. this year, it was only between China and Korea, and honestly, like, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of backroom chatter. And it was basically said that the Koreans and even the Chinese weren't really taking the tournament too seriously. Now, obviously, you know, that could just be interviews like, oh, the Koreans with their pride, right? Saying like, oh, we, we just weren't taking it seriously. That could be it. But also at the same time, it, it could just be that Korea finally is just not that good anymore, guys. Like Korea has been on a slump for a very long time because most of their talent is being picked up elsewhere. Think about how many teams to this day still has Korean imports. And we're not even talking about the major regions. We're still talking about the developing regions. You know, Brazil, Turkey, yeah. all the EU Masters teams or something. Like, well, actually, the EU Masters teams are all keeping it EU because, you know, EU is keeping it fresh right now because they, they just realize we have a very big, big player base and we can build so much from this. So EU's gotten smart about it. But China still imports Koreans. The, lap, the IG, World Champions, they had two Koreans on their team. FPX, they still had two Koreans on their team. Doinbi, yes, he's been there forever. He's basically a Chinese person now. He's still Korean. Gimgun, still Korean. <laughs> like, yep. Koreans, their talent is being taken elsewhere, and that's why the region as a whole has gotten weaker. Sure, they are now not as good as they used to be, but like, it doesn't change the fact that Koreans are still affecting the world <laughs> everywhere else. They are affecting the regions that they play in. So, going into Worlds, I mean, I gotta tell you, like, I'm happy to see Cloud9 and G2 kind of sort of playing the Chinese aggressive style on the fly thinking because that's really what's what, like, that's the whole point of the game right now. It's on the fly thinking. How good how good are you meshing with the team? How good are you making calls together and stuff like that? Like that's where the game's going right now, and I actually think it's the most exciting type of game to watch because it just is, right? And Koreans are just so oh, yeah. hard stuck in their way of handshake. We'll just meet up 15 minutes like they still play the same way with less vision on the map how do you play the same way with less vision on the map how like someone explain to me <laughs> like they still think they're perfect and the bet like if you go over to korea and like i've heard so many podcasts with atlas and ls talking about like koreans still think they're the best you know and i get it you know asian pride i mean i'm, I'm asian and well i mean i'm chinese but you know, like, there's a lot of pride on the line because that's the whole point of our culture. Right? We got a lot of pride in ourselves. And it's good to be prideful. It's also good to know when you're getting your ass beat. <laughs> and that's what Korea is <laughs> right now. Like, like, hello, Korea. At the midseason, at the midsummer mid cup, you didn't, even have a, you didn't even have a Korean team in the finals. It was two Chinese teams beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> you know, like... I mean, to be honest, isn't that kind of what the world champion felt like for like six years? It was like a, a bunch of random teams, and it's always about two Koreans in the finals beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of flipped around on itself now, which is pretty interesting. I, yeah, it is flipped around on itself, and I think it's, it is crazy. But I mean, the way the world is shaping up and the way the meta looks like it's shaping, I, I haven't touched the patch notes in a while to look at it. But just from playing the game and seeing how the damages are being split up and how the items are changing and how champions are being changed too for this it's just 
it just isn't the same where it's like, oh, we'll just hit an ulti and then we'll win the team fight. Aphelios' ulti is great, but Aphelios' weapons are just better. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. I just I went on a ten minute rant about how Poppy's W stopped four different champions from doing their job. <laughs> like these aren't even specials; they're just just normal skills you have. Like it's no longer wait three minutes, cooldowns are up, try and fight a team fight anymore. It's just on the mar- like on the fucking money, instinctual reactions. And if if look. I I don't want to be the guy who says this, but I think like if the if NA decides to kind of follow suit with Cloud Nine and start playing that way, or at least finding players to mesh together and stop being so freaking soft skinned, man. Like learn to take criticism, learn to take insults, bond as a team, get shit out of the way so you don't have to like affect each other in game. Like be able to take criticism be able to yell at each other because when you're when look if a teammate is yelling at me that means that person has passion because they want to win i get that i can bond with that you know a guy who's just sitting there going like yeah okay i I made a mistake i'm sorry guys like that that's nothing it sounds like that guy's just freaking like phoning in his job i don't want that guy and that's actually what it kind of sounds like evil geniuses did in the spring split because there was this interview with zazel one game where they asked him kind of what's going on you know you guys are losing all these games and he kind of maybe maybe made it slip. Maybe he didn't mean to say it, but he said something to the line of like, "Oh, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just bang. You know, he's not really on the same page. He's trying to do some stuff, and it, it it's not what we're trying to do." So it kind of blew up in his face a little bit because he kind of went back and kind of recanted that or kind of clarified what he meant. But from that moment, if you look at that moment and then you look at the next few weeks of gameplay, like you can definitely tell that something went on in the background. As far as like team bonding and team play, because from that moment on, Evil Geniuses just turned it around, and that's how they got the playoffs, right? They turned it around, started winning more games, and actually, all the moves they're making, like Bang is behind them 100% of the time, you know? Yeah, they probably had I it. wonder how often that happens in teams, I bet, in teams where it's just, yeah, you, well, this guy's just doing whatever. So, I mean, we'll, we'll follow him in. I guess we're going to lose these games. I mean, that's basically how Cloud9 goes, right? Blabber goes in, you just have to follow up. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? Let Blabber yeah. just die? Like, no, we got to get in there. Yeah, but I mean, but Blabber's a jungler. So, it is, I mean, you can't do that as an AD carry. You can't just be like, yeah, oh, well, guys, I, I'm going mean, to go in. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just also saying, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just... Yeah. So. That's where the world's going, and I think this world championship. I mean, it's looking kind of stale because I already. I mean, I know the team. I know the best teams going from every region. Obviously, SKT is going to be there. Faker still leading the squad. Uh, they're not as good right now, but I mean, it's Faker and his team. Like, I've, I've, so for so many years, I've just seen Faker whip. Like, granted, Coma's been there to kind of crack the whip per se, but the fact that Faker's still there and Faker individually, if you watch the games that he played in the midseason cup, that guy was on fire. He was like, normally it's Teddy, you know, dragging Jin Air's body across the finish line, but like Faker was doing some work out there. Individually, his play was really good. Okay. So I, I just have faith in Faker. I have faith in that lineup because Teddy's great. Faker's great. Um, I don't really know about their new jungler and top laner per se, but I mean, I've, I'm just going to have to have faith, right? And then we've got yeah. Dragon X with Clid and Shobi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, there's just so much. A lot of crazy good teams that are going to be coming, and just and all I can offer up from NA is Cloud Nine. That's it. Yeah. Like any team that can even come close to matching them right now would be Cloud Nine, and I'm saying match. I don't mean beat. 
Not for a second am I saying Cloud9 is going to win. I'm just saying just to just to give me a game I worth watching. I think this is the year they win. Just like, you know, this is the year they win Worlds. So I'm just throwing that out there right now. Keep dreaming. <laughs> I'm sorry, but have you seen China? Have you seen Top Esports play? Have you seen Knight? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think this is the year. The year of well, online play. That's the year that Cloud9 wins it. Top Esports right now is the best team in China. And if Knight makes it to Worlds, he's the... He is currently right now, by a lot of analysts and me from watching him play, the best player in the world to not make it to Worlds yet. He is coming to Worlds this year, and he is going to show the world why he is talked about by analysts and everyone for so long, but never gets to show up his skill. He is better than Rookie, okay? And Rookie, for like the last two years, has been the most proficiently mechanical and just team-fighting mid laner. For the last year and a half. And I'm telling you that this kid is better than Rookie. Yeah. Okay. So I, That's going to be exciting. Dude, it's going to be great. I would love to see Knight shit all over Niski. <laughs> Niski's playstyle is basically Doinby's playstyle from last year's Worlds. And Knight shits on Doinby hard. Hard, my friend. Not even close. I mean, it sounds like it's gonna be good. It sounds like it's gonna be spicy. Dude. We still have a few months to go, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, we still got a few months. Uh, teams can still get developed and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I'm. I hope for the best, right? I hope NA shapes up and like we send because we only get three teams. I think China gets to send four, and I think Europe gets to send four too. And we only get to send three, so right, <laughs> it it it's rough. So I I don't know yeah. what's gonna happen. Um, I'm, I'm expecting, I don't have high hopes for NA, only because, like, we have one team that could arguably do good against, like, the other teams in the world, and that's just not enough against the, the powerhouses that they're, the others are sending, you know? Like, Europe alone, if, if Cloud9 was in Europe right now playing, I don't think Cloud9 makes it to, like, I think maybe top five. He, they're in the, they're in the top, they're in the upper pack, right? But I don't think they beat G2 right. or, like... Fanatics. I really don't. I think self-made is just better than Blabber. <laughs> That's just my thing. Self-made's good. No, self-made. Yeah. Bro, his name? He, his yeah. his original name <laughs> is Self-Made Man. <laughs> yeah. It's great. He He's going to go out there and just, like, do his thing. And that, don't get me wrong. Blabber is great. Blabber is homegrown NA talent with just enough Chinese aggression that just makes it happen. It's beautiful, honestly. And... It's even better because he's Chinese. His name is Wong something. I um I can't remember what it is, but like it, like he's Chinese. Like it, it's so good. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like, he's got all the all the anger and aggression that we that, that I want in a jungler. Yeah. Maybe not the smarts, but <laughs> you know <laughs> he's got the me mechanical proficiency. So it, it's gonna be great. I think I think it'll be awesome and exciting. I don't even have the dates. I mean, obviously it's so far away. We don't know, but. We're going to keep giving you guys content until then. So, yeah. Yeah, so thanks for listening to our third episode. A lot of exciting stuff going on with LCS and really all over the world. So thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, hope to see you next time.